Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host at KPFT Houston. Hey, folks, I hope you had a great weekend. You know what? I had a great weekend. Got a lot, a lot of writing done. Got a Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A lot of blogs posted. It was one of my most efficient weekends in a very long time. So we have a great show. Now, even got in two interviews that we're going to play this week as well. Anyhow, folks, how are my peeps doing? How are my peeps doing? Before I talk to my peeps on the outside, I need to say, Buenos dias, mis hermanos. Good morning, my brothers in the control room. How is the one and only Howard and Jack doing? Oh, we're here. We're doing good, Tigberto. Good morning. Good morning. We're just figuring out how fingers got into our uh, equipment here. We're straightening out the fingers on the equipment. Hey, well, you know what? You guys are chiropractors. You guys are medical doctors. You guys are all these things in one, including doctors of the equipment. So keep up that great work. <laughs> oh, we're doctors. All right. <laughs> yes, you are. Anyhow, folks, we are going to have a great Real show operators. with great operators. You heard them say it from their own voices. Great operators. Anyhow, if you're driving into Houston, I hope you're having a good time. Remember, you are the one who's going to determine how this day is going to be. You're going to determine how you handle your frustrations today. You're going to determine if you are going to allow others to inflict their moods on you or you will on them. You know, hey, all that good stuff. We 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 have a lot more control on our on our efforts than we we actually think. Anyhow, we have a great program scheduled for you today. Uh, the title of the show today is... Jim Jordan's Trump defense ridiculed chemical fire affected women's health GOP tax scam version numero dos version number two. Anyhow, folks, do remember this is a political show. Welcome to the show. Shakula here, stylist. I'm not doctor. And if I did, I always loved you, Egberto. You are a powerful voice of truth. Stay healthy. Hey, thank you, sis. Thank you. You know, every now and then somebody wants to have a nice thing, not to make their heads big, but just to feel good. And you just did that. Anyhow, before I get to the program, I heard that our good studio guy back there, that guy answering the phones, has something to say. So without further ado, I'm moving on to the one and only Jack Van Beber. Talk to me, Jack. Okay, he's rattling his pages right now to get this stuff. Jack, you are. You mean you're not prepared, Jack? I uh, know well, you well, personally, Jack. Well, <laughs> well, now we are. Well, I guess we're going to hijack your show a little bit on 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 the vote because. Well, I want to hear you. I mean, you know, this is it's not my show; it's our show. Let's always remember: we don't talk I, we talk we, our. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Uh, Howard always talks about your right to vote, you know, and how people died, oh, you know, boy. for that responsibility. And, you know, what, what I mean, your duty is to get registered early 
to vote, you know, because they, they've got the ID stuff out there and it's all got to be taken care of. And we have time now to get everybody, uh, you know, registered to vote. Um, you know, it's, you know, pe people did die and suffered. You know, the women suffered for the vote. The blacks suffered for the vote, you know, and now they have that right. And now that's a duty and an obligation to the country to get out there and vote and vote these crazy um, maniacs, maniacs, uh, bureaucrats, whatever you want to call them out. Despots. Despots. Get them out because they're they're making law against the people. You know, they're actually making law against the people. You know, the women's the women's reproductive rights. You know what they're what they're playing with the immigrants, getting them to come to the border when there's no way to get in. All these things we can vote them out. What's going on in Houston right now with the uh, the schools wanting to be taken over by you know charter schools? You know, to me that's that's just a dope deal they're trying to sell you. You know, they're going to say you know it's a better deal. A private school is better, and it's not. You know, they're going to take profit out of it, and they're probably going to starve education is what they're trying to do, from what I see. Well, it's anyway, privatization. Yes. You know, they, they want to privatize the profits and socialize the cost. Amen. You know, and we, we, have to, we have to stop that. We have to start standing up to the lies that are being told, which you cover so well in your pieces, you know, about, uh, you know, the media, what what they're saying and what they're how they're pushing back on these lying uh, pundits that get on TV. You know, and I appreciate that in you very much. That's well, it. let me well, let me tell you, I appreciate oh. all of what uh, what everyone around. Uh, that's what I call the alternative media is doing to really get across what the corporate media, well, the corporate, it's not that the corporate media is bad, it's that they have no choice. But anyway, didn't you want to say a few words to um, uh, Brother Howard? Oh, Egberto, you're going to make me work this morning, aren't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, as I was telling you off, off mic uh, a little while ago, I was watching the last part of Saving Private Ryan last night. Yes, sir. And those guys out there fighting against the very despots that want to take over our country. What yes. do you think those guys would say? If you had a time machine and you went back to 1944 and they said, told those guys, look, by the year 2023, the despots are going to be taking over America. Fascism is alive and well in this country. What do you think they would have said? Nah, that can never happen in America. Yes, yeah. it's happening. And it's happening now. That's why Jack's um, narration here. Yeah, Jack's essay here on voting. People, you got to get these people out of office. You got to. Because they're talking about, oh, well, you know, the, the Democrats, they're, they're a threat to the, the democracy. No. You are the threat to the democracy. I don't know what the Republican Party has turned into. And I used to be one. I was a flag-waving Republican. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if what's good for America, what's good for men of business is good for America because they pay us. You know, we have jobs. But not now. I mean, holy cow. We've got, what, five companies that run every radio station and TV station yes. in America? Yes. 
that's, that's you, know, you know, Federal Trade Commission, do your job. Somebody enforce the uh, antitrust laws because that's what that's what it's all coming down to. One company can't own everything. So anyway, uh, folks, get down to your registration. Get your registration. Register yourself. Get down to the voting booth and kick these folks out. You know, because, uh, you know, it's, I'm on the right. Hey, Howard, let me tell you something. You coming on and us reminding uh, folks about this day in and day out, because do remember, we get we get a whole lot of new people every day. We lose people. We gain people. We lose people. We gain people. But we always have a fresh plethora of folks out here and reminding folks that it is. I love what you just said, because you said. Stop saying uh, these guys doing X, Y, Z, because after all, we have the power to vote them in and out. We need to exercise that power that we have. I, I, I love that. That's the implication of what you're saying, brother. I love that implication of what you're saying. Use the power. No, Use Jack's the power. No, he's, he's not. We okay. A caller? No. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to turn your show back over to you. How about that? Well, thank you. I appreciate that, my brothers in the control <laughs> sure room. I do. really do. Oh, wow. Anyhow, okay. folks, I, I, I love those guys. These guys know what's going on in the world. Anyway, to, listen, guys. Listen, 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 listen. First of all, let me first tell you, you can get, reach us at 90.1 FM. That's on the dials. Don't forget, 90.1 FM. You can also download that tune-in program and uh, from Andro the Android or Apple Store. Tune in and just search for KPFT and you're able to talk or listen to us live. You can also listen at our website, kpft.org, kpft.org. Likewise, you can watch us. In fact, you can watch right now at facebook.com slash kpft, facebook.com slash kpft. And of course, you can be like our good friend, Sharkola hairstylist who is listening or watching at youtube you can go to politicsdoneright.tv politicsdoneright.tv so there are a lot of ways in uh in which uh in which you can reach us you can you can go ahead and send an email to kpft uh, at politicsdoneright.com again that is kpft at politicsdoneright.com all right. You know, earlier on, as we started the program, we first had Jack and Howard hijack in the beginning of the show. And now we have Tag on the line. So I won't do my interview until I listen to the one and only brother Tag. Come on in, Tag. Tag, you're hot. Morning, Edberto. How are you doing? All right. How are you doing, sir? Good, thank you. I I just had to call because I I heard some of my favorite talk this morning from Jack, <laughs> and, and I I just wanted to say when when um they come out and talk about getting these people out of office and uh, gaining control and the messaging that we're getting, you know, to me it's all about the conservative message that these people. It's a conservative. Christian nationalism that we have to get out. And I think until we come out and put a name on it and actually stand tall against it, we just can't say they, we just can't continually say that we got to get rid of them. 
it's it's the conservative philosophies that so many people they don't want to call themselves republicans anymore but they just want to be conservative and i it doesn't work for me well i so, i from your from, from your mouth to the ethos over the air my brother thank you so kindly anything else you want to say tag before i move on that's it. I appreciate having a, a, a place to vote, voice my opinions. Well, that's what we are here. That's what it's called, community radio. And like I said, it's not just, I don't just say this. Politics done right belongs to all of you. And not only does it belong to all of you, whenever I prepare a show, which I do every day, I make sure and have a, a prepared show in case nobody calls. We have a complete show filled, the air, ready to go. But when you guys call in, it is your show. So thank you so kindly, Tag. Yeah, have a good day. Bye-bye. You have a wonderful day. Okay, I think I can actually get to the show now. And it's, I love Tag. Tag calls in several times a week, and he always has words of wisdom. And of course, <laughs> Shakula here stylist says, no dogs next, no dogs next. All right, let's go ahead and get busy. Let me tell you, uh, earlier you heard, uh, you heard Howard talk about us assessing our power as well as Jack did. Now, we have an activist, a doctor here in town that uh, she had an experience and, you know, that, that she wanted to put after the explosion that occurred in Deer Park. And she's doing some research right now that I want you to listen to. But this is the importance of you. This is an importance of the individual. This is an importance of the individual working collectively with others because we know those who are working solely for profits. And before anybody says anything, I am not against profit. I am not against corporations proper. I'm against corporations or individuals who use profit or who use others for an unwarranted profit. I love profit. I've been in business. I have a business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing wrong with profits. It's making sure one does not abuse others or make profits unduly on the back of others. Anyway, I want you to listen to Donna Kim Murphy. Uh, Donna King, Dr. Donna Kim Murphy became a concern, became concerned after every female in her household developed irregular periods. She is exploring whether a recent chemical fire correlates with many area women exhibiting the same symptoms and as such she is doing a whole lot of research so without further ado let's go ahead and listen to dr murphy right now welcome to another edition of politics and radamic bertol is your host today we're honored to have dr donna kim murphy md phd she is a neuroscientist neurologist community organizer and also historian of science, race, immigration, poverty. She is a real activist in the field where we need activists. And I came across a message that she had on Twitter requesting information. And I said, this is something that we probably should jump on to. So first of all, welcome to Politics Done Right. Donna, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Eckhart? I am doing great. I'm doing great. As usual, you are always doing something in the community to make the lives better. For people, tell us something that you've discovered, and this seems to have affected you personally, your family personal. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Sure. Um, so I realized, I guess, a few weeks ago that for myself, I've had some menstrual irregularities that are very out of the ordinary for myself. And this is not something that people generally talk about very publicly. 
Um, but within a household, I imagine that if you have more than one woman, that that conversation does ensue. And I have two young women in my household other than myself. Um, and so I asked my daughters, actually, if they had also noticed any irregularities. Um, all of us actually are generally very regular. And I actually have been regular for over a decade. Um, and so this was really um, uncharacteristic for me. Um, I didn't really know what explained it, um, thought it was maybe just me until the, and then I conferred with both of my children and both of them attested to a change in the last month, um, which then suggested to me there was some kind of exposure that we had, whether it was like a new chemical cleaning product or agent that was being used in our household. It was something new that we were maybe consuming, um, something that was at least true of um, of our household. But then it occurred also that it could be broader than that, right? This exposure could be broader than that. And so I started asking other women in our community, just in the neighborhood, down the street. Um, and it seemed without any prompting, right? I just asked, may I ask you a kind of weird question? Have you noticed any menstrual irregularities in the context of having generally been regular? Um, and I had a bunch of women tell me, well, that's a really weird question because yes, something has happened in the last month. Um, and so then that further suggested that there was an environmental exposure. I'm not sure what that is, right? But it, it was something temporarily correlated to, um, you know, having happened in early May, probably. Um, and I, I thought about what happened in the last month. And the only thing I could I could think of and then I corroborated was that early May was the time of a chemical fire in Deer Park. Right. Um, there may have been there probably have been other things that have happened in that time in that window. Um, I'm, and I'm just not aware of those things. Right. And I want to be really clear that this is super uh, preliminary, right? Like the association. That's why I wanted to actually put um, a survey out there to see if there are other women in our community and how, what is, what is the extent to which people, a geographic extent to which people are reporting these kinds of abnormalities recently. Um, I was concerned because in that fire in particular, um, what we were hearing in the media was that there were hundreds of chemicals that were released into the air. But the one that was of major concern was this chemical called 1,3-butadiene, which is a known carcinogen. Um, and it actually actually does cause reproductive toxicity. And so, you know, that those are really serious implications and they're very long-term implications. Um, things that we might not know are related, right? Um, unless we're tracking that over time. Right, right. So I wanted, yeah. I wanted to kind of jump on that early to see, are there people out there who would be willing to share a little bit of information about themselves because they have an interest in seeing if something does develop over time? Now, uh, you, you, I think you created a, a Google survey that you're asking folks to share so that people will be able to fill it out and tell their stories if they've noticed these types of irregularities since May have, after having been regular without problems. And also, I think uh, not on birth control or something to that effect, correct? Yeah, the reason I added that, and it was difficult to word, and I think it's confused some people. Um, I, I, in talking to folks, there are many women who are actually on some form of birth control, right? Whether it's like an intrauterine device that is hormonal, um, or it's actually um, something that's inserted into the arm that's hormonal, or oral birth control pills. People, lots of women are on these different kinds of um, uh, birth control, and so they don't actually have a regular period. But what they have noticed is that. Oh, they haven't had a period in 10 years, but in the last month, 
they've had some spotting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is unusual for them, right? And that also suggests something has happened um, that is maybe the same thing, the same exposure that those of us who do have periods regularly have also experienced. So I, I imagine then uh, the wording has to be that you just need to know if they are regular based on how, whether they, they are on, that you want the information from everybody, but you also want to be able to correlate that you are on birth control or you're not on birth control. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's a question I should just explicitly ask. The reason I didn't ask it is because of kind of the politicized nature of that question. So I wanted people to kind of self-select whether they wanted to fill out the survey. And, you know, if they've noticed any change, whether normally they don't have a period and now they are having a period, there are also women who have had hysterectomies, right? And so they wouldn't count because they don't have periods at all and they cannot have periods. Right. And and also I should be um, inclusive as I can be. And so I tried to, I don't know if I worded it there ultimately in this way, but my intention was to really be inclusive of people in terms of their gender identity who might not identify as being women, but they mm-hmm. do have periods as well. So it's really about people who have periods or who don't have periods as a function of being on some kind of birth control, but have seen a, a change. Over the last, since, right. since that May period in time. I think that is important because a lot of things occur in our society and our environment that goes unnoticed or, or, or go un, unexplained or they don't report on, on it, but it does affect people. And we have to be cognizant of all these particular issues. And it's great that you did that. Now about this chemical, what is it called? Butane? Uh, 1,3-butadiene. 1,3-butadiene. Do you know if this is something that's long lasting? Does it stay in the bloodstream for a long time? Does it stay in the environment for a long time? Does it stay in the soils and water for a long time? That's a great question. So I haven't, ha- I've done, not done a deep dive. In fact, when I realized this was, this was, um, you know, at least a personal concern to me and my children. And then I realized it was maybe bigger than that. Um, I was in the middle of actually testifying in, in DC for another thing. Um, so that, that was yesterday, I guess I put this, the survey out. Right. So I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive. All I do know about that chemical is that it can embed itself like deep within the lung tissue. So if you inhale that chemical, it can, situate itself there. And it's not clear to me how long it will stay there. And as far as how long it persists in the, in the environment, I also don't know that. So you know, those are things that I, I should read up on also to educate myself and maybe to put out there to the people, especially who filled out the survey, just as an FYI, you know, this is what we know about this chemical. Well, this is still in the research stages, and I'm sure that you'll get all of that down and come back on to discuss some of that. I mean, I think, uh, and Don, I think uh, we, we probably should use this opportunity to explain some of the reasons why you do the kind of activism you do with the environment and else, else otherwise, because I think people don't understand that they have to be active participants in their own well-being, not only for themselves, but environmentally, which affects them and others as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that we take too much for granted in terms of like industrial activity. I mean, in fact, this other testimony that I was doing, it was, um, it was bringing some visibility to things happening in pharma, right? And, mm-hmm. um, I think here in Texas, uh, we, have a lot of relationships with oil, the oil and gas industry, right? We may be personally involved in it as people who are employed by some of these companies. Um, we may be part of government who have certain kinds of relationship with those relationships with those companies. Um, and I think that we need to be aware that the chemicals that they produce in order for us to run our society, to be fair, right? Like we wouldn't be able to drive our cars if we didn't have 
those products, at least at this time, we're moving towards hopefully an economy where we can do that potentially without uh, without those products that are so damaging, I think, to our health and to the environment. But um, for the moment, we're very dependent on those on those companies. And so I think at the same time, we need to be educated ourselves about what the health implications are about, you know, the products that they actually produce. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of scary to me that we can't be honest with ourselves um, and each other about that, right? I mean, there are kind of advantages and disadvantages to almost any decision that you make in life. And I think the the honesty around the health consequences of what we're doing in the oil and gas industry is so essential for us to be able to take control of our own lives, right? Even in the face of this whole um, mammoth thing that we feel like as individuals, we cannot control, having some knowledge, being educated about what our potential exposures are. And then even in some cases, being able to use that information when we see that the health consequences are very widespread, like deep and enduring, then we can actually organize to try to change that, right? Um, Because some of it might be that, like, okay, well, now we have the knowledge, but we haven't been able, we're not able to change anything on our own. Um, but when many of us have that information and we're all impacted in ter- like in terms of the negative sequelae, then I think that there is going to be more impetus for us to organize for change. And right now, I think it's that a lot of people are just unaware, right? And or a lot of people just kind of think that's the price that we pay, right? We live in a modern society. Oh, well, people are going to get cancer from these chemicals. People, I mean, I, I think that it's not an inevitability. I think that we can change that, but people do have to be aware and they have to be motivated to change it. Yeah. And you bring an awareness to this opens the door for one of my pet subjects, if you will, and that is healthcare for all. I mean, we we have a we have a state where we we produce a lot of these chemicals that harm, but at the same time, we also have a state that refuses as something as simple as accepting the Medicare Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, which for these people who will and who do get ill from the types of industries we have in this state, they don't have affordable health care that we already are paying for uh, right. in the United States. So what are your thoughts on that, first of all, from uh, from the medical doctor point of view, as well as from an activist point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's absolutely essential that we have like um, an effective um, and a like universal way to provide health care to people. Um, it it disproportionately is going to impact the same communities that basically get taxed with every social determinant of health. You know, when you don't have affordable health care, when you don't have a system that is universal, um, I mean, with with this particular issue with the environment, right? Like we have known for some time that people living around those facilities who typically are lower income and from communities of color, that they are disproportionately impacted in terms of the health consequences of living around those facilities, right? Part of what I was trying to do with the survey, I think in trying to understand who is impacted in demographics, but also to understand the causal relationship um, between that particular incident on May 5th and what we're seeing now is to look at distance from those facilities, right? Which is why I asked the question of zip code, because that will give you some sense that if it's like diminishing incidence of symptoms from, you know, related to the distance from that facility, then that gives you some information about potential cause. Doesn't only give you a correlation, but it may also work on starting to develop causation. 
Correct. Correct. And it gives you some information about who in terms of demographics is more impacted than others. Right. right? We already know that it's the same groups that get disproportionately impacted in terms of access to healthcare, in terms of environmental like toxin exposure. Um, I mean, everything in terms of access to good public education, like everything. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I think it's important at, at the very least to document um, at some level. I'm like, how much harm do we have to actually prove to take definitive action on these matters? You know, like yeah. sometimes it's kind of frustrating to me. Uh, I think that's why why what you do is so important, because what it, it allows us to do is start documenting things. What One of the things that the, the let's say the underclass, if you will, or those who are more affected by these issues have is they don't have the wherewithal to document these things so that they can make a case of provability on these issues. When we have activists like yourself and others in the community, generating that and generating the necessary approach, uh, teaching people that know you, you matter and know you can make a difference by taking some responsibility for engaging uh, into solving these particular, into addressing these particular problems to make sure that those who can solve them, solve them. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I I, I totally think that it is essential to document. Um, I was surprised, like some of the work that I've done in Pearland around just holding our school district accountable on various issues, mostly having to do with racial justice issues, ultimately, um, but some other issues also, LGBT justice, like a lot of other um, things have been going on here. But I, over three years time, about three years, I continually would bring press attention to some of the things happening in our community. Um, And I thought, you know, that was worth doing for the moment in which it was happening, right? So to galvanize people in that moment. But as it turns out, so ultimately, I ended up suing in November of last year, I ended up suing our school district for single member districts for better representation, because we have, you know, a seven person board that is at this time Mm -hmm. all white. And we have our, our population is 65% people of color here. And so, um, you know, this, this law firm actually has been very successful in other parts of Texas in winning these VRA lawsuits, these Voting Rights Act lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought this is, you know, this is the place to do it right now. And so they came in, they agreed with us. They actually filed the lawsuit in November. And what they told, what some of what they shared with me is that it is actually really helpful for people in the community to bring visibility to these issues to where there is documentation in the media of what is happening because it is proof for them that they can then reference in lawsuits. Right. And that never occurred to me as I was doing the work. I was doing it because I needed in that moment the support to be right. to be yeah galvanized in the community. But long term, it has impact as well because you build a case over time. It is very important. And that's why I try to get this type of coverages continuously wherever we can. And that's why I also love the work that you do. Why don't you go ahead and give me a closing statement uh, before we end this? Um, I think that it would be really helpful for women in the greater Houston area to fill out this survey about whether they have experienced any change in their menstrual cycle um, that is out of the ordinary. That's the important thing. So if you're normally irregular, it's not really that helpful. But if that is out of the ordinary for you in the last month from May, early May to early June, um, and I don't know how long this is going to persist, right? But at least that it started at that time, that um, would be very helpful, I think, for us to start understanding what the relationships might be in terms of exposures um, from industrial toxins and some of what we may be experiencing as symptoms and potentially diagnoses in the future. 
No, Donna, I'll I'll post your your thing on my on the blog that goes a, a, along with this um, this interview here. But is there a general place where you're going to place this for people to find, or we're going to do this sort of a, a viral distribution? Yeah, I I don't I don't really have a place otherwise. Like I don't have a web. I mean, I guess I have a website from like my my um, run for school board, but like right. I. Yeah, I, I don't have a place. Well, we'll get it out there. We'll get make sure, first of all, we're, we're giving it this here on KPFT as well as on other networks, as well as we'll make sure that to get that the, the links for all of, for that survey out. So Dr. Donna M. Murphy, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. All right, folks, I hope you uh, you enjoyed that. And, and she has a mission for women in this in the zip codes uh, around that last explosion uh by the way anybody who is well all of you who have signed up for the newsletter they get the newsletter probably about five this morning uh you can sign up for the newsletter uh, it's at politicsonright.com slash newsletter politicsonright.com slash newsletter every every topic that we cover Every video that we put on, out there you, uh, is, is, is there for those who start the show late or those who uh, are, if, are if the show is hijacked like it was this morning and we don't get to everything, it's still there for you to see. Right, Brother Howard? Yes, oh, sir. <laughs> you know, I had we're, to we're, la- we're, we're laughing in here because we like to hijack the show. You like the hi- but that's your job to hijack the show, man. What would it be if you don't do that? But folks, please, please, please. Um, again, uh, uh, on the blog for the show as well, we'll make sure to have uh, the link that Donna, Dr. Donna uh, Kim Murphy has out there as well. Also, please remember to, this is a call-in show as well, 713-526-5738. I'm taking calls right now, 713-526-5738. Hit extension 2, and you will be on air. Do you have a comment on what Donna has to say? Do you have a comment on the indictments, which we're going to kind of discuss in a minute? Do you have something you want to say? This is your show. Do remember that. It's really good to hear laughter is what Shakula here stylist says on the chats that we have as well. Remember, folks, you can also go to facebook.com slash KPFT Houston or politicsandright.tv, politicsandright.tv. Anyhow, second subject of the day, my dear, wonderful peeps, is about CNN's Dana Bash ridiculing Jim Jordan on his on Trump's indictment. And the reason I placed it as as funny as ridiculing um, because you can't help. I want to speak to my look, I have a lot of conservative friends. In fact, here in Kingwood, uh, I, I write a lot of my blogs, etc. at, Citra, at uh, Starbucks and I hang out with a whole lot of folks out there. And most of the people in my part of town are very conservatives are very conservative folks and I, I would say of the ones that that i hang with probably a good 75 percent are trump voters okay and we sit down and we chat and we talk and I, the, the one thing that i that the, 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 my recent commentary is how how do you maintain how do you maintain all the values that you profess and continue to support Somebody that is anathema to every single one, except, except for tax cuts, except for tax cuts. 
uh, conservatives in the olden days used to purport to be strong on defense. This guy thinks otherwise. Conservatives at one time used to profess that they, they, they believe in the sanctity of marriage. This guy has several baby mamas, several look, and I'm not look, I'm not I'm not morally judging this guy personally. I am saying conservatives said these are the things that they support. The sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of life. There are reports out there allegedly him paying for others having what? Abortions. There are reports allegedly stating as well that, uh, well, not allegedly, he came on TV several times in support of that. It is completely against what many conservatives believe. We have the security of our country that conservatives have always claimed to be strong on. This guy comes and he has uh, uh, in personal, not personal papers, but uh, class. What do you call those again? Uh, those those paper, uh, secret papers all over the decks, high security papers all over the decks and in his Mar-a-Lago place and bathrooms and boxes and showers, right? Breaking security. And it's, you accept it. Now, folks, many of the Trump sycophants now are on the television, not justifying what he did, but making the statement that somehow the DOJ is harder on Republicans than they are on Democrats. As if we forgot what Hillary went through. As if we forgot what Clinton went through. As we forgot, I mean, uh, this time it's Bill Clinton. As we forgot that. You know, but, but that's what they say. But the one thing that you would think one would say is, how dare a former president of the United States endanger the country by having secret files? By having top secret files? It kept in such a nonchalant manner in the way he did it. I want you to listen to how Jim Jordan attempted to somehow make little of it. And it was laughable. It wasn't only laughable, but the host pretty much did just that. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Dana Bash had a very contentious interview with James Jordan, one of uh, Donald Trump's lapdogs. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. He says point blank, he says point blank on tape as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. He says in his own words, it's on tape as part of this indictment that he did not declassify the material. Therefore, it is classified. Dana, saying he could have... Saying he could have is not the same as saying he didn't. He, he said, said now he, he I has can't declassify this material. He said that meant now he can't right because right, he's not president now. But when he was Which president, means he that did it's declassify. He said that. Which means Which, that what he, he was holding was classified. No, not, not not when he not not if he not if he declassified it when he was president of the United States. For goodness' sake. But he's sake. saying point Again, blank in this, this audio is, tape this that he did not declassify it. It's, it. 
What you're oh, saying just doesn't make sense on its face. In effect, she's telling him, look, it's in the papers. It's out of it's on tape. It's out of Donald Trump's mouth. He said this piece was not declassified and we went ahead and showed it anyhow. If I were president, I could declassify it, says Donald Trump. When Dana says what you're saying makes no sense, it, it applied to everything Jim Jordan was saying, trying to get across to the other Trump sycophants as far as creating a false narrative. It's good that Dana Bash clocked him, but it is bad that she gave him so much airtime to spew a whole lot of misinformation that those who need some sort of a validity for supporting a thug will continue to do so. So good job, Dana. But again, let's give them less airtime because you are actually helping them promote the message. But all in all, very good journalism. But before I go to the last subject, I want to do something here because uh, what a lot, what Jim Jordan and all the Trump sycophants who are somehow trying to rehabilitate what he did, what they're doing is giving false equivalencies. And what I want to do for, for, for the, for the uh, conservative, for the good conservatives out there, the good Trumpists out there that just simply think that um, maybe the DOJ has been uh, uh, somehow attacking Republicans more so than Democrats. Even to say that, of course, you would have to say that even Trump's DOJ was against Trump and conservatives, which isn't the fact. But they like to bring up Hillary Clinton. And I just want to give I, 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 I want to let you know, first of all, I'm a computer software guy, so I know how these things work. I'm not saying that to, for a pat on the back. I'm saying that because I want to have you believe in the, uh, the validity in something I'm going to tell you now. You can also please research it, second guess it, whatever. I have always thought that the media dropped the ball when they got onto Hillary Clinton private server in her basement. Whether that private se- server was in her basement or it was somewhere else, it really did not matter. Very few people understand how emails work. When you send an email from point X to point Z, there is a possibility that email goes through several routers, servers, etc. as the MX record is read to transfer that mail to its, to its ultimate destination. What that means is whether that server is in Hillary Clinton's basement or that server is in the cloud or that server is anywhere, the potential for any emails going to Hillary has been in many other places and an absent encryption within the mail proper. It is a likelihood that if it's to be exposed, it could. But that's not the only other feature. They would have you believe that she threw all this email into the ethos, dumped all the email. The one thing anybody who understands emailing and servers would know is you can't throw emails away. If I send an email out of my computer to you and I say, oh my God, 
I call you up and I say, John, please delete that email. I'm also deleting it on my side. The likelihood of there not being an image of that email somewhere is a false narrative. Because more than likely, a, forensic, a, 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 a computer forensic person can find that email either on your server proper or in some chain of servers it ultimately went through, including routers, etc. cetera. Uh, I have found that the discussion, I'm sorry, I'm coming to you in a second. The discussions about emails, the, the media drops the ball so often by not that, that, that are that assuming that Americans are dumb as opposed to uninformed. One of the pro- reasons we have such bad politics is that we are so, we're not dumb. The vast majority of Americans are darn smart. But smart and uninformed are two different things. Egberto Willis is uninformed of about a lot of things. But I try to be as informed as I can. I am ignorant of a lot of things. But because I know I'm ignorant, I seek out the information to lessen that ignorance. And that is what we should be doing. And that's what we should be all accepting and wanting to do. It always behooved me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the subject a bit here. Because as I'm saying what the media does, it trips. It, 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 it assumes we're silly. I want to, let's, go, let's go back to Obama. Do you remember when the, the thing was uh, Trump brought up Obama is not, was not born in the United States. Obama is, uh, make it believe he was born in Kenya or he was born in Thailand or wherever. And the media ran with the story and they continued to make a story and wanted Obama to show a birth certificate. Oh, he needs to show his birth certificate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, According to the Constitution, according to the law that's already been written, a natural born, well, according to the interpretation of the law that's been done several times already, a natural born citizen just has to have a natural born parent. Obama's mother is a white woman from Kansas. That should have ended the debate. We should not have been talking about Obama being a foreigner as soon as it was established that his mother was a white citizen of Kansas, the United States of America. But the media allowed Trump to run with the story about a birth certificate, even if he was born in Thailand, even if he was born in Kenya, it would not have mattered because his mother is a natural born American citizen. But the media ran with it anyway. And they gave it legs, just like they gave uh, throwing, throwing your mother off the cliff during the Obamacare debate. We ha- that's why we need a, a, an independent media like KPFT, Politics Done Right, etc. Because they make, they, they make people less intelligent when they do that. So I repeat, the Obama not being a natural born citizen should never have even come up because of we all knew who his mother was. And numero dos, when it comes to email servers, your email is all over the place. Once you hit send, forget it. A forensic uh, computer specialist can always reconstruct your email. That's why Trump, the one smart thing Trump used to do 
is he never sent any email. Anyhow, let's go ahead and go to Brother Tory. Tory, come on in. Like APFT, politics done right, etc. Because they make, they, they, they make Whoa, what's going on here? Uh, I guess we have the wrong signal for Tory. Are you there, Tory? I'm here. I'm here. Talk to me. Hey, good morning. Good morning, good morning, I really good morning sir. Good morning. I really wanted to talk to you about the mayor's race, but just to comment on your main topic here, I think you're really making this too complicated because you're all over the place. I mean, you pay attention to everything, and you're very rational, and you're trying to understand why Trump people still vote for Trump. And, you know, it's not because they're rational and well-informed like you are. It's because they're like everybody else, which are identity voters, you know, left and right. And it has to do with the way people's heads are wired up, you know, and it's everybody. You know, it's, uh, it's both sides are big tent, what do you call it, big tent parties. And so, you know something, Tori, I want to interrupt you for one second because I want to show you some. There's something that you just said that shows some validity. There's somebody in the chat just says, no, Egberto, don't make excuses for Clinton. That is sick. I just gave the scientific thing about mail, and that just went over that person's head. They had no interest in educating themselves about the reality. But continue, Tori. Well, it's all about identity politics. And, you know, so to answer your question, why do people vote for Trump after all this stupid stuff he's done and all the lies and all the amazing stupid stuff? Well, it's like uh, the gun nuts that gun nuts voted for Trump because they got to keep their guns. The white nationalists going to keep voting for Trump because he militarized the border. The religious right is going to keep voting for Trump because they restricted uh, gender, gay rights, and abortion rights. The rich are going to keep voting for Trump, even if they're liberal, because they got their tax cut. And so uh, it's not this amalgamation of all these things, you know, that make Trump bad. It's all these little things. It's He's turning the light switch on for a whole bunch of people uh, that are you know, single-issue identity voters, and that's and they're loyal to him, and it's an emotional thing. They well, you know what, you know what I'm trying to do with you making those statements as well, Tori. I think it's so important for you to come out here and make it on air. And the other statements I I try to uh, put on air is that we 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 have to start helping helping those who can that are, are willing to change for their own benefit or the benefit of their kids to do so. Because I don't, un, don't know if they don't understand that they're harming the future of the country altogether. And when I say harming the future of the country, I mean it's existential and too many don't understand yet that it's existential. But anyhow, Tori, please tell me about what you really called for and I, don't, I didn't mean to change the subject on you. No, no, that's good. Uh, man, this, uh, some folks of mine, you know, some friends of mine, a lot of folks are environmentalists. I hang out with a bunch of environmentalists. Somebody's asking me today uh, about the mayor's race. You know, I probably know more about the election in Poland than I do in Houston because uh, that's what I do in foreign policy. So, anyway, who do you like out of these folks? Uh, we're going to see about eight people Amanda Edwards, John Whitmire, Rob Williams, Kaplan, Sheila Jackson Lee. Gilbert Garcia, Robert Gallegos, Chris Holland. I loved him from what he did with the, the voting right. system. Right, well, but Chris dropped out. Now he dropped. So yeah. who do you like? I mean, who's the who's the who's even the Republican? Is that Lee Kaplan? 
Uh, well, I always considered the Republican to be <laughs> to be with Mara. He's a Democrat. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, uh, okay, okay. he's so conservative yeah, yeah. that uh, and he, you know, that I I could not possibly consider him a progressive who would be right for this city. So I, uh, when it comes to who I like, I am uh, I'm looking at the oldest woman and the youngest woman in the race right now. Uh, and that would be, uh, the, I, I, and I interviewed both of them at some time, uh, that would be, uh, Amanda Edwards as well as Sheila Jackson Lee. And people like to hate on Sheila, but I tell you what, I went to a democratic convention in, uh, Charlotte and I was one of those who, you know, kind of thought, you know, Sheila likes to be in front of the camera, which she does and which she's a politician, of course. So uh, now, now, um, I, I saw her in an interaction with a whole bunch of people from her district and from Texas. And I'm, you know, I'm just sitting back watching, taking notes, et cetera. And I had never seen a, you, you wonder why some politicians get reelected over and over again. And I had never seen an interaction with her people like I saw with there. And, and I'll be honest with you. She, she earned my respect when I saw that interaction because it was pretty, it was a naturally she's profound got the inside track just because she's a old time Democrat. She's got a lot of friends in high places. Right. Right. And, and, and again, and, and, and th- th- that's not, that's something that that's worthwhile for the city. Right. But also I, I but, but Amanda Edwards, when I interviewed her right there, sitting down in the, in the, uh, the studio in KPFT, her freshness and her ability, she knows a lot. She's very smart. And she has a she knows a lot about the empowerment districts and so forth in the in the city. So that that really got to me that 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 I said, you know what? Either one of those women, I first of all, I I want less testosterone at City Hall. I, I put it I'm a man, but I want less testosterone at City Hall. I'm sorry. I want less sex on at City Hall. You I know, do too. I yeah, I agree. Houston is a Democratic town, but it's been run by these, you know, River Oaks, Exxon Democrats just forever. And so, like, I want to know just which one of these candidates has the best, uh, at least pledging the most environmental uh, yeah. consciousness. I, I, again, I, those two women, those two women are one other person. Uh, what is it? Garcia? Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as environment is concerned, if you take a look at what they've said, I've been to two of the chats that they've had. Uh, we had them at the IBEW that I, I broadcast that for KPFT a few weeks ago. And then I spoke to a couple. Uh, I don't remember his name. I think he was in charge of Metro. Um, Robert Garcia or Robert Gallegos? Yeah. I like Gallegos, but, you know, I, Gallegos is an institutionalist. Um, but I, I like Gallegos, too. I mean, there, there are four guys. There are two guys that I, I that I like. <laughs> there, there's one that I shook his hand out there. He's a real businessman that talks, you know, whatever comes out of his mouth, it comes out. I don't remember his name right now. And I looked yeah. at him. Yes, Kaplan. And I looked at him and I said, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I really, really like you. I like your the way you just throw it out there, but I couldn't, you know, I, I just don't think he's the right fit for, in my opinion, that is the right fit for Houston. I know he's coming from Baker Potts and, you know, Baker's brain, you know, he's, but, you know, to give him credit, you know, the, the old Baker Republican side, the Republican right. party. Yeah. Those yeah. The Republicans. Yeah. You but, know, you know, let me, t- let me tell you, I don't look there. There are a lot of old time Republicans 
today that in my humble opinion are a lot more progressive than some of our new time blue dog Democrats. A la, you know, mention and others. Man, exactly. And voting for Biden. That's the only reason we don't have Trump. Is Thank you. Republicans that put country above party. You know, and I think that is what I, I'm glad that you said that, Tori, because, you know, I, I keep a very transpartisan kind of view. That is, I support, love everybody, that kind of stuff. And I don't let I don't believe in the ideological straight line party kind of a t- deal. If you're doing good for my mother, my brother, my sister, for Tori, for Howard, for Jack, I'm a happy camper. You know, I'm a happy camper then. But anyway, Tori, it looks like I got to be getting out of here. You know, uh, brother Howard is going to kick me out of here. So I got to go ahead and give some closing statements. All right. Okay, cheerio. Have a good one. Thank you, brother. Thank you for calling in. Anyhow, folks, I, I want to thank everybody who has been listening. I got about a couple more minutes or a minute and a half or so that I can say, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the, the, tax, the tax part of our talk today. Tax scam. Republicans follow debt ceiling fight by proposing tax cuts for wealthy. After threatening to force the government into default over debt ceiling, Republican lawmakers Friday introduced new tax cuts that could add at least $21 billion to the federal debt over the next decade. Three new GOP-backed bills would cut taxes for large companies, small businesses, and individual families while reducing clean energy incentives to pay for it. This, these are the people that were holding you hostage because the deficit was too high. And instead of saying, okay, we made a deal, we got some money, let's keep it where it's at. The deal now is let's give rich people some more money. Folks, we have to do better. I want to thank all of you who are listening to me. I want to ask of you Please share the program. Let people know of the existence of KPFT. Let people understand that there is a station here that they own. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. Before I end, thank you, Howard. Thank you, Jack. I'm Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.